if we could just begin by giving a short introduction, who you are, what degree you're doing, what role it is that you're running for. Okay, so I'm Nikki. Um, I'm a third year film and media student, but I'm part time because I'm a full time carer. So I'm in year three of six. And what role is it that you're running for? Sorry, yes, it's um, the parent and carer role. First, I'd just like to ask, you know, what what drew you to this particular role? So I have been um, accessibility officer. I still am, um, which used to be disability officer. And we made some significant changes for clubs and societies um, with them needing uh, sort of to look at a checklist and make sure that everybody was like basically that the club was inclusive for everybody to be able to attend and um, that they could have a welfare officer as well. So that was another avenue for students to be able to go and speak to somebody if they had a problem. Um, and I was really pleased, actually, with the fact that we actually did something and made a difference. Um, and the universities got really quite good at catering to people's needs when they've got additional support needs or, you know, um, disabilities. And so I thought I'd just switch it up. And I know there's a lot of fellow parents of mine that are really struggling getting onto campus because they got very used to having sort of um, being able to learn from home and not having to travel into campus. And since that's been kind of scrapped, they're all really struggling. So I just thought there's work to do in this area now. <laughs> What experience um, or experiences do you have which you believe makes you qualified for this role? Okay, well, I've got two children. Um, one's 28 and one is 17. And they're both neurodivergent, so both on the autistic spectrum with a lot of comorbidities, as am I. <laughs> um, and so I've been a full-time carer for the last 28 years. Um, and a full-time parent for the last 28 years as well. And the last 12 years, I've been solo parenting. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that makes me qualified for the role, but it certainly makes me experienced for the role. What are some examples of events or policies that you have implemented or helped to implement? So um, on the Carers Committee, I am parent carer on the actual board for that. And we managed to get um, a Carers Award for the University of Stirling by implementing just some things for carers. And yeah, I think there's a lot of work to be done though. And I think they're very aware of that. We have got like a drop-in group, but it's really difficult for carers in particular to balance studies with their care and responsibilities as it is. So finding a time where carers can attend like a drop-in session is really difficult. And so I'm trying to explain that, you know, there has to be something else in it for carers to attend something. So if they had like a form fill in session so that, that we could get help with filling out forms for whoever we care for, something like that to make it kind of worthwhile. You can't just kind of give up your free time to do things when, you know, your time is really scarce as it is. But, yeah, we got a carers award because, you know, we we ticked all the criteria for for that. Um, and so, yeah, I'd kind of like parents to get more involved with that, carers to get more involved with that. And I just want people to kind of it's really hard to say what needs addressing when you don't know. And the only way I can find out is by carers and parents telling me what they need. And then I can try and address that. Why are these issues then so important to you, both personally and on a wider scale? Personally, because they affect me. <laughs> I am a parent. I am a carer. So I've got a dual role going on there, which is really difficult to manage because I can't put my children into, you know, bog standard childcare. They have to have specialist childcare. Um, 
if if at all and that's nigh on impossible to get so a lot of these issues have been very present for me in my four years at uni so far um and also i'm on a mature student and a carers and a parents um facebook page and a lot of the parents have been saying you know since they stopped kind of learning online where you could you know just do that then they've really struggled to find childcare for their kids and the ones that are carers just can't ditch everything and just go to campus sometimes and also the cost of living crisis is highly exacerbating that because for myself I can only come onto campus twice a week because it's a 50 mile round trip and I can't afford petrol any more than that so I mean I'm living as a single parent and as a carer you know I'm living all these things so yeah as as part of that, and as uh, you've written in your manifesto, that one of the key goals you're striving towards is the retention of blended learning. What is it about it specifically that you think why it should be kept? I mean, I benefited hugely from it because trying to juggle my time at the moment is is hard. And, you know, there was an occasion where I was in Sterling in a class and my son had forgotten his PE kit and he can't use other people's clothes and stuff because of sensory issues. I had to drive home, which is 25 miles, drive to his school, take him his PE kit, drive back to campus. Not only was that like a massive amount of petrol, it was a massive amount of time. Um, and yeah, just like blended learning just eliminates all that because if I'm at home, you know, the school's like five minutes away. So I could have done all that and been back in my class. And it's not even blended learning. It's making sure that services that are already up and running, like Listen Again, are working. Because in my first two years as a student, there was no pandemic and lots of Listen Again didn't get uploaded. So, you know, you couldn't even watch lectures that had happened, which was really detrimental to my learning and because I couldn't always attend like lectures and seminars and stuff. So, yeah, it's about making sure that services that are already in place and that are there are actually being implemented as well. I know the university are keen to get people back on campus, and I absolutely understand that. But also, I think there's a huge place there for accessibility, you know, with people that suffer from, I mean, in my accessibility role at the moment, people that have serious anxiety problems or are on the autistic spectrum sometimes find it really difficult to get into classes for a variety of reasons. And if they were still blended, then that wouldn't be an issue for them. So there are, you know, a lot of different areas where this could really make sure that people can still attend uni. One of the other things as well, uh, if I remember correctly from your manifesto, is that you're looking to, well, one of the changes you'd also like to make is trying to recruit more people, get more people involved. How are some of the ways that you want to go about trying to do that? There's a lot of actual barriers for like getting people involved. So there's conversations that are still ongoing with this and it's about trying to find a way. And the way I've managed to do that, I actually volunteer at my local ADHD group as a mentor, a parent mentor. And we've gone online. You know, we've got groups in person still for people that can make it and want to. But it is much more accessible to do a Teams meeting or a Zooms meeting once a week. And, you know, if that's something that people could attend and get benefit from because they could either find out information at it or, you know, just talking to other parents is invaluable sometimes. Just the pressures you face as a student and some of them are working too and caring for their children. You know, that's huge. And just having somebody that can say sometimes I get where you're coming from and, you know, it'll be all right and you will manage it and stuff is like invaluable. What are some of the ways that you've been able to try and manage that? balance between being a student and being a parent carer 
I mean, because I've got autism and ADHD and, and lots of comorbidities, I do have a learning support and I also have a mental health mentor. I am incredibly lucky because they are very rare at the moment in university. There's so few of them for the demand. So that helps me a lot because I do often have meltdowns and I get overwhelmed and they manage that with me and for me. So that makes a huge difference. And I think I feel like because they do that for me, I can then do that for other people as well. I think just being really, really organised as well, which isn't easy for a lot of people, but just make sure you know exactly what you should be doing when, what needs doing when, prioritise things, you know. It's easier said than done when you've got children, because I, when he's off school, I get interrupted like 65 times a day, and then I lose my train of thought when I'm trying to write an essay, you know. So it is it is a huge, huge mountain you're climbing when you're trying to do it I'm so envious of my people in my teams that I you know I've got group work and I'm like oh god they just get up at 12 and then they do it at work and then they you know do have some food and then I'm like oh my god that must be so nice (laughs) do you have a final statement that you would like to make to the voters who, who are listening to this what would you like to say to them just that I will do my best for you, that I will, you know, I know where you're coming from. I've probably experienced a lot of the problems or the issues that you're going through. And, you know, I won't be able to fix everything for everybody, but I will be able to listen and hopefully change some things and make a positive difference to, to them. <laughs>